1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to
2: the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... <laughs> he vanished people far and wide wondered where has he gone when will he return thankfully the answer is now the og of jets podcasting and vlogging is back just when i thought i was out they pulled me back in this is there's always next year with brian bassett I'm back. The real me. Let's
3: not make a whole thing of it.
2: And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton.
3: Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella.
2: And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother. Testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital.
0: Welcome back to There's Always Next Year, the most aptly named Jets podcast on the planet. I'm your host, Brian Bassett, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And with me, as always, are Josh Conrad, who you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad, and Travis Milton, who you can follow in all of his jubilant excesses on Twitter at dash 37 board27, because his Dodgers just clinched uh, a uh, World Series invite. So, congratulations. Woo! <laughs> yeah. I did you. Yeah. Feel how did it feel to go from a um, shutout to the Miami Dolphins to to uh, you know total celebration of the Dodgers within a you know twelve hour period of time?
1: Definitely some some ups and downs in you know emotional roller coaster kind of a uh, HBO drama comedy kind of redemption arc for a character. That's kind of the way it felt. Yeah, it's, it's like my, a, my hero's journey in a day. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice. So how would you classify? We're talking a little bit before we started taping here. Um, You're a Jets fan and a Dodgers fan. Obviously, like I'm, you know, we we all have other teams that we follow uh, and enjoy, but how when you used to order the priorities, you know, order of operations of your fandom, you know, where were the Jets, let's say five, 10 years ago versus where the Dodgers are now comparatively.
1: Uh, You know, five, 10 years ago, you know, the Dodgers were, they were pretty okay. I mean, we weren't amazing, but you know, the Jets, the Jets have pretty much always like superseded. Like if, if I have the option to watch the Jets or the Dodgers, historically i've always gone jets like I, I, I will put on the jets game before i'll put on the dodgers game but uh i would say you know 10 years yeah that's the way it was five years ago you know it started to shift a little bit um and the dodgers became started creeping up as more of a priority but but i swear like the past two years i will in a heartbeat <laughs> Skip a Jets game for a Dodgers game and not even think about it f- or feel bad. Like I will immediately turn on my Dodgers. Great product, great team. Like uh, that's yeah. You know why why would why would I not? Why would I sit there and watch just a right. a piece of crap game um, and miss you know seeing like Cody Bellinger hitting home runs and Mookie Betts killing it and making great catches and you know it's right. it's it's good. It's nice. It's exciting to to see a, a team play good. That's yeah. why we root for these teams. Josh, how
0: do you feel? I, I'm guessing you have a similar, uh, similar situation where you just you have to deprioritize things and. Uh, and I cool. think this is all getting, this is all getting to a point and I promise you our fair listener, but, um, but yeah, Josh, what, how do you feel about your loyalties towards fans or, uh, about teams that you're fan, a fan of and priorities? to yeah. that sort of
4: thing? Listen, listen, when we were all younger, like we were gluttons for punishment, you would just turn your team's game on and just stay like you would just stay. And you know, what else did you have to do other Within than die, like reorganize really? the, the ramen on your shelf and the ice trays <laughs> in your freezer and check your baseball card collection like there wasn't much and then as we've all grown as we've either gotten married or started businesses or opened restaurants and you know all the things that we do like there's there's just a point at which you're like I just want to watch something enjoyable and so for me like it's been a steady decline for the Jets like I, I most of my teams are are kind of New York Connecticut based and I I would choose almost every other team to watch, especially right now when everything's on at the same time. Like, when there's a, if there was a Yankees playoff game and a Jets regular season game, like, the Yankee playoff game is going to win. But I'm also pretty sure, like, the Yankee preseason game would have won against the Jets right now. <laughs> like, this is the ultimate litmus test, is when there's six options how badly do i really want to watch this jets game like i turned it off i texted you guys i turned it off yeah. at 21 nothing yesterday it took my family for ice cream had my kid eat a ton of friggin ice cream run around jump in my <laughs> arms puke down my chest and it was still more enjoyable than staying on the couch and watching the jets <laughs> get shut out to the dolphins
0: that seems reasonable that seems reasonable yeah. to me yeah i <laughs> I would rather be thrown up uh, on by a small person than than watch the Jets throw up on on me. Adam Gase uh, and the Jets throw up on me uh, for sure. And and so yeah. So that's the point here is that this team. You know, people talk about love and hate, and you know, like love is the uh, hate is the opposite of love, and that is not true, right? Apathy is the opposite of love, <laughs> and so I think you know we are sliding into dangerous territory with this organization of just apathy right of of its fan base like just whatever and and right so this organization is i mean i see more tweets from people who have no connection to the jets whatsoever just saying things like you know how do fans even do this uh, you, know, you know whether you're in technology or you're you're interested in sports like i see this posted all over twitter on sunday afternoons and it's like i i, I don't know what i can tell you right it's just uh, this stupid blind loyalty that i have to this team and i don't know what for because our biggest bone of contention with this organization for the last two years, since they started talking to this this head coach, was was Adam Gase. And after a twenty four to nothing loss to the Miami Dolphins, basically, I think the best shot they had. Now they'll probably surprise somebody at some point. Somebody will, you know, stop. Uh, you know, they'll look past the Jets game, and maybe the Jets surprise them. But that was their best shot between now and the end of the season for a win. And yet, and yet, Adam Gase is still not fired. So why? I need to know. Uh, Josh, tell me why is Adam Gase on Monday still employed? Like, why is he still employed? Is Is this a galaxy brain? Like, we don't want to get in the way of this epic tank job?
4: Or what is going on? I mean that's that's where I mean, you nailed it. I think it's just general organizational apathy. Like I think there is something about Woody Johnson maybe coming back if he's no longer the u k ambassador. like they're not looking to do anything. and it's seeping out in strange ways. I don't know if you guys caught Frank Gore's post game, but he oh. kind of he, he kind of he kind of just parroted the Adam Gase. listen, if you saw us at practice on Wednesday and Thursday, you wouldn't know that this was a winless team, and you're like, Wait a second. Like, consummate pro, like, going to compete until they drag him off the field, Frank Gore, feels the same way as our Jets head coach. Like, it, the only person who seems to be standing up to anything is Greg friggin' Williams. Like, he's the only guy that's making – like, he's the only <laughs> guy that's taking any shots. Like, what well, is I, happening, guys?
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> it's insane that we're, we're at this point. And, yes, we, we need to – discuss Greg Williams in a second. But Travis, do you have any thoughts on what's going on? Is this Joe D just riding it out until the end of the season and just hey, if it's, you know, if it ain't broke don't fix it like kind of a situation? Like he wants them to run the table on Owen 16 or what is happening?
1: I mean, I think the only way that you can like legitimately justify what's going on is exactly what Josh said and you know, I'd, I'd love to come up with, like, a funny, stupid reason that, that was actually true, but, like, that's the only thing that I can mm. think of, just the epic tank. And, and to be honest, like, if there's a year that you you want to go ahead and tank, it's the year yeah, that you don't have fans year. in the seats. Like, you're, you're not sacrificing people going to these games because they can't anyway. So I guess, to an extent, it's pretty smart um, that if you're going to tank that hard, this is the year. But, man, I... I don't know. I'm running out of excuses, ways to like rationalize the shit in my brain. It's, it's amazingly (laughs) horrible. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: And I think that's it is, I, I do think that the public pressure that the ownership would feel. And again, like, well, sorry, before I even get to that, people are saying like, why is Jody doing this? Like, why is he doing this? And, um, Jody's not doing this, right? As far as we know, this organization is parallel structured and that, you know, the, the decision to stay or go, uh, is not at the discretion of the general manager, unless there's been a power shift that we're unaware of, you know, that lies with the, you know, uh, the, the upper, upper management, let's call it, um, you know, ownership and maybe, you know, the, the president of the team and that sort of thing. So so Adam Gase being here is largely because, right, no one's going to the Coliseum and hearing the cheers or the boos, right? Like they're they're going to the game or they're watching at home and they're not getting the boos that they would get. And I understand that this game was played in Miami, but if you've ever been to or watched a Jets game in Miami, it's mostly Jets fans. Now that that will change if this team is actually, you know, turns it around in Miami, but – but, you know, they would have been booing Gase in Miami as Jets fans if that was the case. And I, th- I honestly think had that stadium been half filled with Jets fans booing Adam Gase um, as Jets fans, not as Miami fans, let me be very clear about that, um, that would have that, – that could have been the straw. But, right, if, if you're not going to fire him after this, there is no reason – that this organization would do it. Just see it through to the end. And, you know, which totally means that they'll actually, you know, their their nerve will, will fade between now and the end of the season and they'll actually do it because I think they won't. Um, uh, we need to talk about Greg Williams. We also need to talk about um, – there was some news about Steve McClendon, um, which we will get to. But first, I, I want you guys <laughs> – I saw this amazing tweet. Um, I'll try and pull it up again, but it, it had all the offensive rankings of Adam Gase as the head coach. But before we even get to that, uh, what do you think? What do you think uh, the um, uh, the QBR of of one Joe Flacco was yesterday? Josh Conrad, what do oh, you think boy. his QBR was? Not QB I'm, rating.
4: QBR right. according so to ESPN. This, this is the one to a hundred scale, correct? correct? Correct, right. I'm gonna go with a solid score of of seven.
0: <laughs> That's very close. It's very close. Oh, it's no. actually eleven. So well oh. done. That's pretty close. I mean, he's, Joe Flacco. He's,
4: he's exceeding expectations in my book.
0: Yeah, twenty-one for forty-four, one hundred and eighty-six yards, zero touchdowns, four
4: passes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> one interception, three sacks. Lord help so, us. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. Um. What did you think about the Steve McClendon move last night, Mr. Conrad?
4: Yeah, listen, good for him. Like, he, he deserves to be in a place where he can compete for a title. That guy has just shown up and, and been, a, been a pro. Really, I've always really liked McClendon. Um, I think he's 35, 34, 35, somewhere in there. And listen, like, this might be his last great shot at this. So I'm hopeful for him um and so man i i just want him to win um and listen like there is probably a part of this that's like um you know let's let's unload some talent where we where we can get a pick or two um you know it seems like douglas is kind of in that mode now and so um listen like if there's if there are places where chris herndon can thrive if there's a place where um, geez, Frank Gore can thrive, and you can get anything for for a guy like that. Right. It's just worth doing at this point as an organization. Um, but then, just happy for Steve. Honestly, just wish that guy the yeah. best.
0: Yeah, uh, Travis just took a little turn in and out of the mini mart there. Um, that's why you heard ding dong. <laughs> um, Travis, any thoughts on Steve McClendon being traded? Do we care? I mean, effectively, they cut him. They get a pick in twenty twenty one and a, a send back in twenty twenty or 2022, excuse me, with a send back in 2023 late pick. Do we care at all about this?
1: It really sucks losing a guy that was, like, such a leader and such a good guy in the locker room. But, I mean, I I guess at this point, like, yeah, I'm I'm stoked to see him. You know, just like Le'Veon Bell, I'm stoked to see these guys getting out of here and going to a team where they can start getting some wins and feeling good, especially, like, Steve. I mean, the dude's, like, 34, 35. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm stoked for him. I think that, that it really sucks for the Jets, the Jets' locker room. But, I mean, at this point, you know, what what, is, what does it even matter? <laughs> again, right. the apathy. Yeah,
0: and, and again, like, that's the side of the house that Joe Douglas controls. And, I mean, you know, <laughs> there is a chance that he never gets to use that pick himself, uh, depending on how things go. Now, um, the fact that he's trading away Steve McClendon instead of cutting him – and getting, you know, a 2022 pick, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have to at least put that in my is this signal or is this noise, um, you know, kind of uh, whatever – uh, sifter to try and figure out like to me that seems pretty clear that I mean I understand he's helping the organization long term and that's what GMs should do and that's the you know that's the right move is you know get yourself something down the road rather than cutting player Ahem, like Le- Le'Veon Bell um, but at the same time like you know would he ever even use that pick because it's effectively two drafts away um, if you're gonna get someone like Trevor Lawrence or you know there's a pretty good crop of, of quarterbacks that might be available, even if Lawrence stays in school again, um, uh, you know, but it's the signal is he thinks he's going to have the time uh, to use that pick eventually. Um, So yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I think I agree completely with you all on terms of let him go and join an organization that's actually winning games. Um, because this head coach is certainly not. Uh, I saw this tweet from Kevin Patra this morning, who who tweeted. Uh, he's at uh, NFL Network, and he effectively uh, tweeted just "Good morning." And then it was a picture, uh, like a graphic, probably used on NFL Network. It says Adam Gase total offense, and it gives you basically the year, uh, and then you know his rank as a as a either offensive coordinator or head coach. This is all his post. Uh, Broncos years which I think is fitting right and this is that that's the numbers we should be looking at not the time when Peyton Manning was effectively the offensive coordinator in, in Denver so 2015 21st 2016 in my that was in Chicago as the offensive coordinator uh, 2016 Miami head coach 24th 2017 25th 2018 31st 2019 last current season he's 31st in total offense so yes this you know the stories of who this person are are you know vastly uh overrated um but i'm curious to know from from you guys um we talked a little bit about greg williams are we shocked that greg williams is fracturing from his coach or was this all a misunderstanding the way he kind of played it to the press after the game that, Hey, you know, we believe the same things. Maybe he said, he said, what we, you know, he said this was about what he was, his quote was about that this is about three phases uh, and that, you know, we're good. We're good. We talk all the time. We're good. But I don't know. Are you guys buying that? Or are you not buying that?
4: I love something that resembles any sort of passion in the midst of all of this complete apathy and lukewarmness. And so if Greg Williams decides to start to chirp about uh, Adam Gase's offense going three and out, you know, eighty percent of the time, and that tiring down his defense and makes him look bad, and he's firing shots through through his Zoom calls, and then Gase is firing back with "Shut up and play." I am here for it, boys. I am all in for the complete meltdown of this coaching staff. Um, and listen, like Greg's got a point. Like if 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 you know if his defense is back on the field five minutes after getting off the field, you know, because of, of three and outs, because of hyper drive, because of where offenses are going, like he's got a point, like, and and so if he's going to be angling still for a future job, either with this organization or another one after this, like he's doing what he really should do at this point, which is, listen, this isn't all on me. It's not just because the defense is bad. It's because we're constantly being put in bad positions. And so go talk to the offensive guy about how it's affecting the defense um, and then we can have the conversation. So I, you know, ultimately it's it's a lot about nothing. There's there's ineptitude on both sides of the ball, um, but I don't think Greg Williams was out of place saying, "Listen, don't put pin this all on me. Like there's more going on here than just de- than our defense not playing well."
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
2: Hey, guys. Sorry to cut in for a quick second. Just want to thank everybody who's listening to There's Always Next Year and let you know about the fact that winning season is back at my bookie. Right now, the NFL, college football, and baseball playoffs are all going on no shortage of games to watch and thousands of lines available on your favorite sports and events and you can turn these games you're watching into a payday With my bookie. Use the promo code Overtime and claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to $1,000. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code Overtime for you to claim your bonus when you make your first deposit. And for the future, I highly recommend betting on whoever's playing the Jets. So that'll make you plenty of money right now. At my bookie, remember, use the promo code Overtime and you can claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to a thousand bucks on your first deposit. All right, Brian, sorry to hijack the show for a second. The floor is yours, sir.
0: Have you guys ever seen the movie Moneyball? I mean, I read the book a million years ago. Oh, before. yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Um, so, in the movie Moneyball, there's this great moment where uh, Billy Bean, Brad Pitt. Is talking to Art Howe, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he's uh, and he's and Billy, the GM, is trying to you know tell him how he needs to set up his team and and the whole thing. And Art Howe's simple response is is just this, which is I'm not going to get it exactly right, but listen, I'm setting up the lineup so that I can explain myself next off season when I'm looking for a job. Right. Like, and, and so like, it's, it's for me, I don't remember reading that or reading about that in Moneyball or it didn't impact me uh, when I read the book, you know, 15 years ago, but seeing that in that movie, like for whatever reason, just had this haunting and chilling effect on me that like you have coaches who Despite whatever the situation is, um, despite knowing that, you know, a certain player might be better, um, you know, even if, you know, they're not as highly regarded or whatever the situation is, that you're going to um, play out coaching decisions in a way that could negatively impact your your team's ability to actually win for the sole purpose of being able to just tell that narrative, you know, down the road or be on the right side of history, as far as you're concerned, like that was, I mean, that, that was a fascinating movie and I love that movie, but that was probably one of the most chilling moments. And I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if Art how it did it, but you know, I, I could certainly see that situation playing out. Um, is, so is that kind of what you feel like you're seeing here with Greg Williams? He's just like, listen, I, we're done, this organization is, you know, is going to be wiped away, um, you know, by a by a storm this coming off season. And all I'm doing is just trying to get, you know, get on the right side of this narrative. Like, do you, do you feel like that's part of what's happening inside the organization? Or do you think he's actually trying to make a play, a larger play for the head coaching duties of this team extending past this season?
1: I don't think that he's trying to make a play to, to become, you know, a coach you know, the head coach of the Jets or anything like that. I mean, I, I really think that he's on like short timer syndrome. Like, it's just like, you know, you, when you put in your one month notice at work and, you know, you get like two weeks into that and you're like, well, I mean, fuck it. Like, what? <laughs> I'm not going to be here in two yeah. weeks. What does it matter? Like, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, what, what are they going to do? Fire me? Like, it's, that's kind of where he's at, you know, because, you know, to this point, if, if, he, if either of them were going to get fired, it probably would would have already happened today uh, mm-hmm. at the latest going into the bye. But, you know, so what, what you know, what's going to happen to him if he speaks his mind a little bit. And to be honest, like he's a hundred percent valid looking at, you know, yesterday, the defense wasn't great by any means, but they were okay, especially in comparison to the offense. I mean, sweet Jesus, you know, the guy's <laughs> got, the guy's got a freaking point. Um, on the flip side, I have a I have a maxim that I live by, and or I have multiple maxims, but one of these is never trust a man with frosted tips and a visor, especially if they're over fifty. Greg oh Williams, every single bit of that. So <laughs> you know, Flavor I'm not anything past that, yeah.
0: Dude yeah is is there a is there a flavor town corollary to that uh to that maxim because there if there isn't there should be
1: no that's the thing i actually like guy fieri is actually a really good dude um and and I say this like in the context of like he he does like great humanitarian stuff especially for mm-hmm. the restaurant industry but another one of those maxims is if you were friends with sammy Hagar i cannot i cannot <laughs> like you <laughs> at all uh and then taking that a step further i know we've said this before if you're friends with smash mouth i mean this dude is like he guy Pierre, <laughs> i can never be friends with this guy <laughs> respect the hell out of him but i feel like like yeah greg williams is, is getting into that territory
0: yeah uh yeah i think i think that's fair i think
1: that's he completely it- fair you also just described
4: forty percent of the population of Saint Petersburg, Florida. I was going to oh say it's got to be Florida.
0: Shout so out bad.
4: the Tampa Bay area.
0: Oh yeah, I'm. Um, uh, <laughs> I think I've told you guys that we're getting a dog, and so we're getting a dog in like early December. And just this is the levels of insanity of my life that we're actually going to drive to Ocala, Florida, to Ooh. get a dog. Oh yeah, it's it's a long haul. And I oh have yeah. A friend and who, deep in,
1: in Orange Country.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, is Orange Country. So we're going down there. We're going to pick up this dog, and I'm trying to figure out a place to stay, either like on the way oh, up
1: or the way back.
0: Yes. And uh, and I have a friend who lives in Tampa, and I'm just like, like my best friend, no. and I'm, and I'm still like, you know, I, yeah. I just don't want to go to Tampa, St. Pete. I just I can't do it with yeah, with the visors and the frosted tips, and Oof. I I can't do it.
4: I can't do it. Everybody in Valdosta, Georgia, start hitting up your boy. Tell him where he should eat on his (laughs) drive. Fair enough.
0: Fair enough. Um, Okay. What else are we supposed to talk about for this team? I mean, (laughs) was there any redeeming good things out of this game? I I have one or two. Before Maybe one question that I've seen that's been tearing Jets fandom apart is um, – looking back on the Robbie Anderson, Brashad Perriman dichotomy. Uh, do we, do we ever look back? Do we, do we have regrets of letting Robbie Anderson go or do we just, you got to move forward? No, no regrets um, as you would say. Um, how are we supposed to, do, do we care? Would it have made a difference uh, on this season? If Robbie Anderson was on this team?
1: I think it would have made a difference for Sam Darnold. Um, You know, in retrospect, I think I was was somewhat, like, apathetic. I keep using that word. But uh, Mm -hmm. to the, you know, to the transaction, I was like, you know, Perriman, you know, if he works out, he's going to be about what Robbie was. Um, But, you know, seeing seeing how important he's been in Carolina uh, and also just knowing, like, how good of a rapport he and Sam had been building. You know, I, I look. I look back on it, and I, that's that's definitely a, a regret.
0: Rug Rugrat. no regret. You have a regret. Uh, what, what do you What do you think,
4: Josh? Yeah, I don't know if it made it would have made a huge amount of difference this season in terms of wins and losses. I do think it makes a difference in just Sam's outlook on his future with this organization, um, thinking if they're going to surround him with talent. I mean, you look across the league. You look at Josh Allen. Um, you look at, geez, even Baker Mayfield, like you look at guys um, literally in Sam's draft class or near Sam's draft class, and you look at all the capital that those teams have spent to get those guys weapons, um, and the Jets just let Robbie walk. And so I, I don't even know that I disagree with that decision at this point. I, at the time, I think I was on board with letting Robbie walk, thinking, um his costs versus the production we had seen and trying to project mm-hmm. what that would look like over a 4 year 50 million dollar contract perhaps seemed a little bit iffy and so on a on a business side i think they made a right decision but also on a business side i don't know that they really endeared themselves to their franchise quarterback and so if mm-hmm. if Robbie Anderson is now you know, amongst the five best wide receivers production-wide, production-wise in the league with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater as his quarterback, you have to imagine that with Sam, with a healthy team, he was probably going to have a, a similar level of production. But um, if I'm, if I'm Darnold, my bigger concern um, is that this team doesn't seem interested in putting guys around me to help me succeed. And that's ultimately what I think makes a guy want to move on.
0: Yeah. Um I here's what I'll say about Robbie Anderson. I I think it's a little early for folks on Twitter to be taking victory laps on, on Robbie Anderson. He has been productive. Um, I am not negating that in any sense of the word, but like, let's also remember that he's, you know, he's sharing a field with DJ Moore, who was one of the, one of the best prospects uh, of the last five years Kurt um, Samuel who is a kind of a uh, decoy at this point I guess I don't know he he has some he has some value there but um, you know and then of course you know when healthy CMC but Mike Davis is doing a pretty good um, uh, Christian McCaffrey kind of impression during during uh, McCaffrey's absence so like you know, <laughs> when you go to uh, a site like football outsiders and you're looking at, you know, the either, you know, per play efficiency or, or, um, or, you know, overall efficiency, you know, Anderson is, even if his production is very high, he's still ranking, you know, in kind of, you know, like 36, thir- like low thirties in terms of like his efficiency. So like, I, Hey, he's a great guy. He was a great player for the Jets. He he did a lot for the organization. Um, he was committed. He wanted to stay. Um, but you know, like let's let's check on check in on this again a year from now and and see see where Anderson is. So like again, I, I do could he help have helped this organization? Absolutely, um, not denying that at all. And probably the two million dollar price differential was not worth letting him go. I will. Easily say that. What I won't say is that this guy is going to be an alpha receiver for the next even th- two, maybe two years. You know, in in this league, like he's not going to keep this production pace up. I, I just, I can't imagine it. I don't know. Um, all right, whatever. Uh, anything else to talk about today, fellas Do you guys have any topics for me?
2: Oh, La l-
4: l- you- l- Michael P Ryan got some carries. He finally got a little bit of run.
0: Okay. Yeah. What, what you see there? Did you like it?
4: Not, no, I mean, it looked better than, you know, um, Seven for things. 27,
0: seven you for know, 27. I, uh, it, it's at least getting the guy, yeah. yeah.
4: Getting, getting on the field, getting some reps, like if nothing else, like you, you spent a pretty decent draft piece on, on a running back. And so you got to see what you have there. Um, and so that was at least slightly encouraging
1: seeing him play. Yeah. Any thoughts, Travis? What do you think a Flavortown movie would be like? I mean, like like an animated feature. Like with with, with oh. manhole made of pizza and like I mean what 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 do you think Flavortown would be? No, is
0: like? I think it would be more like Chinatown, but like you know, the, the ending line would <laughs> be movie. like, yeah. yeah. forget it, kid. This is Flavortown, right? <laughs> and then just walk away <laughs> while eating like jalapeno. Double, double fried poppers. I think that's how the movie would end. Okay. That's the only part of the Flavortown movie that needs to happen. Okay. Let me just say here. Let me just say here. I have been to, I don't know what the name of the restaurant is, but I'll just call it Flavortown in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, that, like, he has weaponized restaurants, is probably the best way I could describe it. Like, you go in, you walk in. It's a pretty good experience, you know, like the food is, you know, certainly not, you know, going to get rave reviews on the, uh, you know, whatever uh, from a New York Times critic, like I fully get it, but like they have weaponized what America wants in a restaurant in every discernible way from the playlist, you know, it's super curated. And so it's hard to go into a place like that and not be like, okay, like I see what you're, I see what you're doing here. I'm impressed. Like I'm impressed. Like I get what you're trying to do to me and I get how you have put bacon in every dish and it does taste delicious. I'm not saying that's not true. What I am saying is like, this is almost like weaponized. It's like they've algorithmic like Facebook, right? Like they've algorithmically figured out how to get
1: me to enjoy any dish that they might've had. Is
0: that a fair <laughs> statement? Travis, would you say?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I would say that's, that's fairly, fairly, uh, accurate. Um, have you ever seen the fake menu well, hold on so when when Guy Fieri opened his restaurant in New York in Times Square, someone yeah. someone bought the uh, domain name that he was looking for and posted a fake menu on the page. Have no. you ever seen it? No no uh, okay let me, let me let me read off a couple of these because I have this saved <laughs> on my phone Yeah, <laughs> let's read off a couple of these fake menu items so first off we 've got under the appetizer uh, portion, the Hobo Lobo Bordello Slam Jam Appetizer. (laughs) Seems accurate. And here's the description. We take 38 ounces of super saddened, cheese-gutted wolf meat, lambast it with honey pickle wasabi, and pile drive it into an Ed Hardy-designed bucket sprayed with (laughs) Axe body spray, and finished with a demi-gloss of big and funky mushroom dribblins. (laughs) Dribblins? <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that yeah. I want to play uh, the game of Do you, do you get to Guy keep theory? the Ed Hardy
0: bucket? Yeah. Keep that? Okay, good. Oh yeah. Well then I'm in. Oh yeah. We should play well, the that.
4: game of real Guy Fieri item or fake. We should play <laughs> the <that> game. <laughs> that, that
0: sounds good. That sounds like a bi-week. That sounds like a bi-week item. Yeah, we should oh, go. Yeah. We'll we'll all find and research real and fakes, and then uh yeah, I, I'm I'm in. I'm in. We we will definitely do that. Can you all read, about re- re- read me one more? Fake item, please. I need to hear one
1: more One more fake item. This is the honky-tonky double-barrel meat-loaded blast.
0: I think I had that. I think I had that. Yeah.
1: A a Sammy Hagar look-alike pushes your face into a leather bag filled with oil, and if you eat the whole thing, you get a 13-pound hamburger.
4: That's the reward?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Leather bag filled with oil.
0: Oh, Uh, man.
1: These are so good. I like it.
0: I like it. All right. We're going to play that next week. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here for this. All right, gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service to this podcast community. Um, everyone please go send all your kudos and thanks to the play like a jet feed. Uh, please like review, subscribe, send to your friends, um, there's not a lot left to talk about. Maybe we'll spend the rest of the season just talking about uh, Avery Williamson and how uh, and Neville Arthur and how great they're playing. I don't know what else we'll talk about. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to um, have to go from here. Or Neville Hewitt, excuse me, not Neville Arthur. Neville Arthur is on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, we'll, I don't know where we go from here. So we need suggestions. Please reach out to us. Uh, thanks. Have a great week. We will see you next week. Adios, go Dodgers,
3: Dodgers and
4: five.
3: Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring:
2: a laundry? Ooh, a book club.
1: Computer solitaire,
3: huh? Ah.